Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for RX Radio. Groove Cafe. Hey, lovely listeners. Hello, hello. And how are you doing over there? It's always a pleasure having you on this show. And in particular, the Groove Cafe. This is a place where we bring to you several people from all walks of life. They come here and share the experiences with us. And they tell us what they have experienced in life, what it's been like. Ah, there is just always so much to go through, you know. And uh, this gives us a bit of perspective, sheds a light and tells us what we should do in case we appear to be in the same situation or in case we appear to be winning. How do we handle winning? How do we handle success? Sometimes success can be detrimental if you don't know what to do. So this group cafe always sheds a light on people's lives in comparison to yours, what you can learn and what you can actually add. So welcome to the group cafe. My name is Viola Xasera. Today, that's me. I'll be here with you. And uh, on the show today, I have a guest. This is a Dr. Peter Birunji. Dr. Peter Birunji, just a little bit of um, an introduction. Dr. Peter Birunji is a clinical psychologist and a psychosocial service consultant. He is passionate about people growth and community transformation. He teaches psychology at the Makero University School of Psychology, Kampala, Uganda. He is also team leader at City on a Hill psychosocial service consultants Kampala. So now you know where to go the next time you're having a hard time living, just being alive. Uh, so this is where you'll be going. You have Peter and he'll help you. Uh, Dr. Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. How is your day going? How do you feel? You actually look like you're feeling good, but I can't assume. So how is your day going and how are you it's, feeling? It's definitely good to be here. Thank you. Oh, Thank that's you very awesome. Yeah. This is a very nice book that I see here. This is um, Beyond Loss by Peter Birunji. And it says, Encountering Grief and Thriving Beyond Loss. Oh, wow. This is a very nice one. Uh, because personally, I mm. do feel like at times you encounter something so strong, something yeah. hits you mm. right in the face, and you feel like, ah, I'm not going to come back from this one, you know? Yeah. And uh, it could be the loss of a loved one. It could be the loss of a relationship. Mm. It could be the loss of, I don't know, like a job that you've loved so much. Mm. And in this particular book, you do mention something about bereavement. Yes. loss of a loved one which then will sort of guide our focus today on the okay. kind of loss we are talking about okay. though I would love and I'm sure the listeners would too love to um, hear a little bit about the other loss that is not the loss of someone okay. the death yeah so let's start with um, grief mm-hmm. in general mm-hmm. what is grief and uh, does grief necessarily mean losing a parent a child or like a best friend what is grief so they're basically around three terms around grief. There is the bereavement, the actual separation from something that you treasure, something that you like. It could be a person, it could be a relationship, it could be a property that you have strong emotional and maybe not even emotional attachment, but purpose around it. It could be significance of the thing, like a job, a job. Is mostly significant because if you're a man, it's how you feel you're able to take care of the family. Absolutely. And yourself and your other loved ones. If it is a relationship, it's identity, it's support, it's help, it's all those things that you want to think of. Actually feeling loved and belong. You know, you feel like you belong somewhere. You belong with someone. But also... The loss that we all know 
The book actually is about the loss of a loved one. It's like the highest level of bereavement for yes. most people. Mm-hmm. And you can have a series of those losses. You could lose a job and in the same season lose a relationship and lose a loved one. Mm-hmm. Or it could all go in one thing. You lose one person and that person you had a relationship so it's also gone. If they were your boss and you are working in their business and the business won't be able to run. We've seen businessmen who die here in Uganda. Yeah. And with the loss of the business leader, the business is gone. The family or whoever takes over is not able to take the business to another level or continue it just. So it's all those sorts of losses. So there is bereavement, the loss of the thing. There is mourning, the actions that we do to help us deal with the pain of the loss. And then there is the collective process of emotions, thoughts that come with the loss. That's the grief, the response, which is psychological mm-hmm. or let me just say thoughts, emotions and related behavior connected to that. Now, mourning involves rituals on okay. the other hand. That's the difference there. Funeral service, uh, here we have people who will wear black, they're weeping, um, there's a whole funeral at home, yeah. then there's the burial ceremony mm-hmm. and all those things. Now, if you lose a relationship, there will be activities and behavior going on that is representative of almost the same process. It's like a replication or reflection of the same. Mm-hmm. Someone who has lost a relationship, maybe now they are crying a lot about it. Yeah, They're feeling sad. When they start crying, when they start withdrawing from spaces where they used to go with this loved one, mm-hmm. they are mourning. But when they get into more serious internal processes of sadness, anger, guilt, shame. Now that is grief. It's them grieving the loss. Okay. Uh, So in this Beyond Loss, this book, you speak about um, bereavement, you speak about grief, Mm -hmm. and you speak about how um, you provide a comprehensive revelation of the pain of Mm -hmm. loss. Mm -hmm. And uh, you also say explanations of people's reactions Mm -hmm. to the loss, to the grieving. Mm -hmm. So this takes me now to a place where we have different people that react differently. And uh, before we did mention something about people reacting so differently to things you might never expect will happen. So a person might lose a relationship and react so badly, they lose mm-hmm. a loved one and they remain normal. Or they just grieve for a few days and move on. Or they lose like a job and become so out of control. So yes. how do you explain that and really what causes all of that? I think it's usually the... You know how they say the last stroke that broke the camel's back? Yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So you lose a job. You work around it like a ninja. Hmm? Mm-hmm. You lose a child. You seem to adapt to the situation. But then you lose a relationship. And it's as if this is the worst thing. So <laughs> with loss, there are a lot of factors around loss. But unprocessed grief, actually. Unprocessed incidents of trauma. 2020, I got a chance to work with some young people somewhere. The issues were trauma. Because the person who reported their cases, Mm -hmm. 
reported them based on behavior they saw. Okay. Now, when I went in and assessed them, I found that their trauma symptoms were on extreme ends of trauma. Okay. In my training, when you're training to become a clinical psychologist from Macquarie, there's a whole year when you are in hospital setting. We were in Butavika for most of that time. And you administer these tools. It's not common to find people who are on the extreme. Okay, they are there, but they are not like so many. Because they are in treatment, they are recovering. So, but these ones had extreme. And they're not even in hospital. They're in community. <laughs> so, I quickly began to do therapy with them. And the things you'd find is that in their stories, there's either a loss of a parent at an early age, okay. which this child, being a child, and the adults around them were not able to support the child to work through their pain. Okay. We imagine that when parents die, children are going to just go over it. Okay, they yeah. don't know what's going on. They yeah. can't process. Mm. And yet children actually have pain. They react differently. It's just that they express it differently, but they go through it. Okay. One of those cases, you know, the person lost parents at different years. And the story that was heartrending for me is that when they lost their mother, for a whole week they kept carrying their tea and their bread and whatever accompaniments they had for breakfast to the grave. And they would carry their cup and their parents' cup. Like, you must get out and eat. You've slept enough. Mm. It's a new day. They're expecting. They've not understood the concept of loss. But doesn't mean they are not going through the pain of loss. So, you see, a person who has had all those events, has had difficulties in life growing up, and now they're in their 20s. And then they have this one incident, a near-to-death experience of abuse. Or torture and now their trauma is at another level yeah and part of their treatment you find that the breakthrough comes when they work on the grief which is deep-seated yeah improvement in health just comes when you just go over their story and get them back to that place and work through it so now I think I get the gist. So you have people experiencing different things at different stages of their life, but their reaction is because of how they have experienced life before, depending on how old they are. Mm-hmm. So you're like 25, you're 24, but then you've had a series of so many things happening. And now this one thing, I, I think this is why people then say you're overreacting exactly, or something like that. Because they don't know the story. Oh, yeah. They I, have I no awareness you. of what's really under the factors there. So that means that if you're a young person listening, usually when you have a problem, something happens to you, Mm. you do not listen to people say you're overreacting. It's good to seek help. Yes. There is always something that is triggering you. I remember this one time, Mm. I think I was at office and then someone said something. They said something, it literally just, you know, it got me out of control. Mm -hmm. All I could see was red. That is because they spoke it exactly like my mother. Mm Mm-hmm. The way my mother back. used to talk to me they and then it would make me, back. yeah. Just my, took you back. I was very young and I remember mm-hmm. that my mother used to say things like, ah, 
this one will be okay. Or maybe, ah, you're just overreacting. Oh, yeah. Ah, you love to cry, you know. Mm. And then I was such a crybaby being little. And then she would say, because I never used to cause chaos. But every time that chaos happened, I avoided. And if I was caught in it, I would just cry. Mm. I didn't know how to deal with chaos. So then mother would say, ah, you're crying too much. I think you should be quiet by now. You know, it happened, it passed, you know. You're not allowing me to understand what's happening. Sort so, of disregarding what you're feeling. Yes. And so this one person time. says something in office and then I react and... The thing is, you're overreacting. Gosh, I just said something very small. And I don't know why I'm reacting like this. Mm -hmm. She also thinks I'm overreacting. So mm -hmm. I'm going to buy what she's saying. I'm like, yeah, I think she's right. I'm overreacting. But I don't even know why I feel so bad. Like, it's just so painful. That, mm -hmm. And so I go to bed and then I remember this is my mother speaking. Mm -hmm. It just took me back to like four years of age. It's, it's my, very important to, to know that that actually is part of you. And yeah. Until you work through some of these. So the things we hear inform what we think of ourselves. You can shatter the child's esteem mm -hmm. when they are young yeah. by these comments. Now, esteem is a relatively stable part of the person. So if they don't wake up to it and start working through it, they are going to feel certain things. Mm -hmm. Our minds collect data. And then make conclusions based on that data about where we are, the decisions we are making, and why people are treating us the way they are treating us. All right. So uh, we shall be speaking next on um, unprocessed emotions, unprocessed trauma, mm -hmm. unprocessed grief. And um, I think how best we can work through it because I know that our listeners here on the Groove Cafe mm -hmm. are following. And if you're just joining us, you're welcome to the show. And it's always a pleasure. This is Viola Kusasira. And uh, today in the studio, I have Peter Birunji. He's a psychologist. Clinical psychologist, thank you. And he's also a psychosocial service consultant. So this is someone who has dealt with people that have come from every corner of life with a lot of, I would love to call it baggage. You know, you carry so much stuff you don't even understand. So this is someone I'm working with, dear listeners that are always here on RX Radio. Thank you very much for being with us and make sure to follow up and listen carefully so you know why you're reacting certain times and certain ways and why people are pushing you all over why are you overreacting and then you don't know why you're reacting you can't work through it mm. here we have uh, someone who really has an answer to those things and uh, so um, Peter we are going to talk next about grief yes unprocessed grief yes unprocessed emotions and processed trauma so I happened to go to a boarding school when I was in P2 mm -hmm. yeah in P2 so I go to school I'm in boarding school I'm just studying and being quiet and all that and then Time comes and I just don't know what to do apart from waking up, showering, eating, you're on a program. And routine. then routine. Mm -hmm. And then every time that I'm between school and home, mm -hmm. I don't know how to react to the two environments. Mm -hmm. at just yeah. At school, it's just strangers. Um, you have trouble making friends because you feel like everyone should treat you like your father. Mm -hmm. And then at home, you're used to strangers. So now everyone is a stranger at home. So you don't know how to react. And uh, parents say, I've paid for you fees, I've given you food, you have clothing, nothing else, nothing else matters, you know. Then you go out of school and you meet all these people, they are carrying so many things you will never understand. And then so, the mere existence is very hard, living is hard actually, just being alive, you know. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about unprocessed trauma, maybe like what we've carried since well, one year old up to now. What are those things that would happen to a child? that would then define how they look at life, what they go through, how they actually view everyone around them and how mm. they relate with them, mm. plus how they succeed later in life. Mm. Yeah. So one of the things that will affect a child growing up 
is, I like to start where it all starts. The parents' relationship with each other. Oh, that's a new one. It's the biggest gift any child needs growing up. If it's a relationship that is full of storms and World War One, World War Two, World War Three, World War Four, and if you like World War Ten, this child is living in the battle zone. Their thinking as a child is I am the cause of all these problems. They are not seeing adults who can't understand each other. They think they are the reason. Children naturally take to self-blame. Uh, would you mind clarifying on that? Why would I feel bad when I see my father in, fighting in, with my in, mother? In, well, because every time something goes wrong, what happens literally in a home when there's a child? Most of the time when there's trouble, it's because they've done something. Okay. Yeah, Like if... If I broke a cup, for example, yes. and uh, they told me you broke a cup, you did bad, yes, they shouted at me yes, and all that, yes, I would know it's yes. my fault. So, so, but so, what but about when, when I come from school? When they fight, yes. what they get is I am the problem. Oh, wow. It is as sad as that. Okay. Because until they get to a certain age, or until one of the adults sees the child and says, you know, adults sometimes fail to understand each other. That is if the child has actually come to the age. Because the younger they are, the more it's harder to process what's going on. Yes. But don't, for a certain moment, think. They don't feel the negative energy. Okay. They can feel it. They can see it. If they can see. Some children have had parents that don't fight. They never fight. They never yes. argue. Mm -hmm. How still do they get affected uh, they, if we look so, at their so timeline? the child... Of course, um, I began with parents. Yes, please. But there's also people who send negative things. Emotional abuse has to do with withholding support, care, and affection mm -hmm. and transmitting the opposite of that to the child. Neglect. Parents who have no time for the child. Basically, the child is there to be seen and not heard. They don't bond with the child. They don't talk to the child. They don't play with the child. Play is very important for children when they are younger. It's the most easiest way for them to connect with you. Play. So parents who miss all that, even provision is very important, of course. That in itself can actually send a negative signal to the child. When we say trauma, we mean near-to-death experiences, which make the person feel like my life and integrity of my life is at its brink of ending. And they leave the person feeling agitated, restless, all those things. They start to re-experience the event even though it's not there. So if a child goes through an instance of abuse, sexual abuse, could be battering. I saw a video on social media just, I think, a week ago. Of, yeah. I don't know if she was a maid. I don't know if she was a mother. She was beating this probably two-year-old, one-to-two-year-old child. Social media says that's the mother. And I was like, what's going on? The beating, that child, that's trauma. It's so traumatizing, even for you as an adult as you watch it. Oh, yeah. yeah I did the pain watch. you feel is very difficult. Now, I want you to imagine the child and their age 
is anything clear this is a person they are supposed to look forward to for their support literally the younger children are the mother is the only source of nurturance maybe another time we should talk a little bit about parenting because nurturance that warmth and affection getting to feel i am a good person yeah. i am a loved person i am a cared for i'm a worthy person it starts that early the things that the mother says the way they prepare their food and serve it the way they bond with their child now if a parent is doing what that mother was doing they are wounding they are wounding deeply this child unfortunately these are not wounds you're going to give a drug for many times mm-hmm. these are wounds that are going to grand escalate so abuse of all kinds is trauma for children but if they go through a fire the house gets burnt a car accident these near to death experiences cause trauma okay when parents separate fights separation it's difficult for children and so all of these can cause that kind of trauma I read research that says that um if a child goes through a series of very sad experiences in life mm-hmm. they are most likely going to attract someone that has had the same and uh, that's how people end up in abusive marriages if they were from abusive families and that's why if someone has a bit of mental problems and stuff like that they will end up with someone who is actually abusive and that's why usually when you go maybe into therapy they will tell you, you have problems of your own that's why you had this abusive person mm. yeah so would you please talk to us about that so how it just very, translates to that it's a very interesting scenario um a few years ago i think two years ago i was seeing a couple and part of our work is you research as you work every time you're working on a case you try to find what's unique about them what's something i need to know in my nature i like to dig not the person's life but about conditions i like to dig around and see what else what else is said <laughs> so i landed on a couples therapy manual and text and these authors which means i can't state their names here absolutely but, um they were talking about in a couple situation there is a wanter and one who wants to be wanted there's one who is trying to reach out and one who loves to be reached out to oh sort of they reject they want the other person to seek them in most couples it's like that now abused people end up with abusive people partly because sometimes a person projects themselves as out protect they're looking for someone strong to fight their monsters okay to protect themselves but in the end they could end up with someone who is abusive the monster overprotective <laughs> instead of protection so i wouldn't say it's a trend they always do but it's common okay it's common and my guess is that because when you look at people how they choose spouses and partners people are looking out for specific things now i wouldn't want to ignore the fact that you know 
girls will look for someone who looks like their father in a way so that boys is... would look for someone who looks like their mother so is that physical i think yeah physical physical and character maybe character mm. do you think that it is uh, on a subconscious level that is that but also maybe what people like to do when they've been through circumstances of this nature are similar the ways they've learned to cope are similar mm-hmm. so they end up in those spaces together Okay so let's now talk about grief losing yes. a loved one I, I and I'd like um, to say something more about this book It's totally fine This book was inspired by a story personal story So chapter 2 is really my personal story of grief I talk about a loss of a very very close friend who was like a brother confidant counselor which i think for me was the death that shook me most and i think it has been so far the biggest thing that has ever happened in my life as far as grief is concerned that really shook me to the core yeah. so when he passes i go through a trend of events internal actually the pain was just indescribable you know it was hard for me to receive it accept so when i got up an opportunity to write a book i thought what is that thing in my life that has ever had a real real big impact on me that i feel is impacting others yeah and also seeing my clients because then it gave me a certain level of empathy for people who go through grief to receive and accept them in a certain way So once that was the thing it was like a push factor. I felt let me write a book about grief. Let me speak from my personal point of view. But let me also bring the professional element to it. Let me normalize for some. Let me provide some answers for others. Let me cause a conversation for others. Let me make others get concerned about people who are going through grief. Yeah. And so you had the opportunity and came up with yes, this. Yes. This is a very wonderful book. Um mm. I think I would just really read this book, mm. uh, Beyond Loss mm. by Peter Birunji. Mm. I think this is a very wonderful book. We shall be closing soon but um about grief, about sadness, let's mm. conclude with yes, how yes. people can then prepare or You know, I don't know, you can't train yourself to react yeah. a certain way, no right? No one prepares you for grief. Exactly. So how then do you just deal with it and not like lose your mind, lose yourself and get out of control mm. when it happens? One of the things that I would encourage is to talk about it. Now, I'm saying this but I know that actually it's not as easy. But it's important to find safe spaces and safe spaces could a people okay. really people um could be a family member a friend could be a counselor hmm? but talk about it now when it is a counseling situation it's only better because then the person is able and ready for you to go all that way okay what i hear most people tell people when we lose our loved ones what do people say at most funerals he's strong Oh yeah. It shall be well. Mm. 
well, it shall be well, but you don't know that it shall be well. Yeah. I make a statement which I got from John Wooden's book. He writes extensively about grief. And he says, everyone's grief is not like anyone's grief. Yes. Yet every person's grief is like everyone's grief. You know, and he goes ahead and says that statement. And he's just saying there's a uniqueness every person's grief situation mm-hmm. but there's also a universality it's a universal concept everywhere you go on the globe when someone loses someone or something they care about they go through this pain yeah but just that we can be two siblings lost the same parent and yet the relationship i had with them was different from the relationship you had from them yeah there was unfinished business i had with them that you didn't have okay there are things I wanted them to do for me and we had agreed on doing them. There were questions they had not answered for me. So the way I am going through this is very different. Than I maybe am. when they died, I was with them. I got to see them die in a painful way. Or maybe when they died, I had not seen them for a whole year. So I didn't say my goodbye at all. I wasn't ready. Okay. You, you were with them, so you said bye. They probably told you their last words. I didn't get to hear the last words. Same parent, same family, same history of growing up with them, but yet different experiences. Different. All right. Differently. So, um, Dr. Peter Birunji on another Groove Cafe for the Groove Show. We shall add on to this, I guess, yeah. next time. We are yeah. running out of time, but it's been a pleasure having you. Thank and you so um, much. as we close the show, Dr. Peter Birunji. Uh, please share with us um, your contacts. Where okay. do people find you? Okay. Your email, your social okay. media, and okay. uh, your phone numbers. My social media is in my name. Okay. Most of it. Yes. So if you Google or go look for Peter Virungi, you will get them there. Um, the number, you can reach out to me on 786 392 what about your yes. website? We are still developing one. Okay. Yes. And uh, as soon as it's up. Okay. And your social media again, Peter Birunji. So dear listeners, you know where to find this very experienced um, clinical psychologist. He will help you with the, most of the mental problems you might be going through, your experiences and your trauma on how to process it and to be a better person. So we wish you the best and uh, we shall catch you next time. Thank you. Groove Cafe.